Hi, this is Tia Sirkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this a bit more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. The garbage will do! Nothing will stand in our way. May the force be with us. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host Eric Pfeiffer, joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys. We are so excited. This is 2019 and this might be the biggest year for Star Wars in a very long time. We have so much to look forward to this year and we just can't wait here at Twin Suns. So many exciting things and... uh, Before we get into our news, I just want to say thank you to everyone for making Twin Suns Transmission your podcast of choice. We really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to us each and every month, multiple times a month for some of you, and uh, you guys really make the show what it is, so thank you so much. Jesse, with that being said, let's talk about the Star Wars news, and as we get closer to April, we're going to continue to get Star Wars news related to Celebration Chicago. And this is very exciting. This is going to be your first celebration. I've got fans from all over the place who are friends that are coming to the Chicagoland area to see the collection, uh, my collection that is. And I just, I am on the edge of my seat just waiting for Celebration to get here. So am I. I'm just, I'm just so stoked. This is something you, I hear gush about every single year and I always see everybody's posts and I'm always so jealous that I'm not there so Mm -hmm. I'm so so stoked that it's in Chicago and it makes it super easy for all us Midwesterners to get out there and and join in all the fun I just I can't wait yeah it's definitely going to be great and you know it's January now and that, that means there's only a couple more months until it's here which is both exciting and scary so um, <laughs> but as we get closer we're going to get more information on the guests and that is one of the biggest things that people look forward to at the celebration events and that is to meet some of the people behind some of their favorite characters and we got some announcements with the guests that are going to be here at Star Wars Celebration and we already knew that Warwick Davis is going to be the host and sometimes you know obviously they change that the host is not always the same every single year that they have a celebration but in the past James Arnold Taylor who is the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars and he's done Obi-Wan in so many different things like in Battlefront and in the uh, micro series and so many different things if they need someone to do the voice of Obi-Wan you know that James Arnold Taylor is going to be there. He's a great guy, and sometimes he's the host at Celebration, but not this year, which is also good because if you want to meet him, you can do that at Star Wars Celebration Chicago this year because a lot of times the if you're the host of the you know whole event, you don't really get to sit down and sign autographs or meet fans too much at you know the signing booths and stuff like that. So this is your opportunity if you want to meet James Arnold Taylor, the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars, you can do that this year, which is very exciting. 
Matthew Wood, who's the voice of General Grievous, he's also going to be there, and he's a super nice guy. I've actually, um, you know, seen him at multiple events and talked to him multiple times. He's he's great. Not only is he Grievous, but he is one of the lead sound guys for Skywalker Sound. So he does a ton of work on all the new movies that are coming out, Star Wars wise, and even other movies like Marvel movies and stuff that hire Skywalker Sound to do a lot of their work. So the voice of General Grievous is going to be there. And for those Battlefront fans, we have Janina Gavankar, who is Aiden Versio, the main character in Star Wars Battlefront 2. She's also the main character in the book Inferno Squad. And um, that book, if you actually listen to it on audiobook, was read to you by Janina Gavankar. So this is very exciting. And I know you, Jesse, you've played some Battlefront and stuff like that. So you're familiar with her as well. Yeah, she's probably the most the one I'm the most excited about mm-hmm. so far to get to see in person. I'm not usually one to go and get the autographs. I just there's not a lot of autographs that I don't have like a display or anything like that. I don't right. really collect autographs. I'm that person that just walks through the autograph area and likes to look at everybody from afar. <laughs> There they are. That, I, I like saw that them. person. I saw yeah. them. I was in the same room. So, <laughs> no, but I'm sure she'll do like a panel maybe or some little something where we'll, we'll may hopefully be able to hear her talk. That yeah. would be, that would be cool for me. Yeah. And she is Iden Versio. I mean, they, they took her likeness and I don't know if they, they, they had to like have scanned her face or something. Because oh, yeah. Aiden is Ginny Nagavankar. I mean, they look exactly the same. It's kind of like what they did with Starkiller and... Who does the voice of uh, Maul? Sam Witwer. Uh, Sam Witwer. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And I, I'm very excited to meet her. I think, like you, Jesse, she might be the one... Sort of the highlight of the, uh, the original wave here of autograph signers for me. Star Wars Celebration does a great job at continuously keeping fresh faces involved in the autograph area and... Typically what they do is they keep it up with the uh, current animation. So years ago it was, you know, a whole cast of Clone Wars voice actors that were going to be at the celebrations. The last few years we've had the Rebels voice acting cast. And now with Resistance airing, we're going to get a lot more of the Resistance voice acting cast showing up to a lot of events. So We've got Christopher Sean, who is the voice of Kazuda Ziono, the main character of Star Wars Resistance. We've got Susie McGrath, who is Tam. Scott Lawrence as Jarek Yeager. And uh, you know there's going to be a ton more to come. But they've got at least three voice actors from Star Wars Resistance that are going to be there, which is very exciting. Speaking of Star Wars Resistance, the Star Wars Resistance action figures are actually going to be hitting the stores Um, pretty quick we've got a notice at our store at the store that i work at that they're going to be coming pretty soon and uh, i've actually seen a couple people pick them up so if you're somebody that likes to get action figures signed definitely check the stores and uh hopefully the force is with you jesse what else did we get with star wars resistance we have gotten the announcement that Resistance has been officially renewed for a season two, and that is going to be premiering this fall in 2019 again on the Disney Channel. So that's super exciting that we've had a successful first half of a first season and it's already been renewed. So that's pretty exciting news. 
And then as well as the mid-season trailer, which got me so stoked for the rest of the season. Because mm-hmm. I don't know about you, it's still so early in Resistance. I don't feel super attached to any of the characters quite yet. I'm really enjoying it, but I feel like it takes me a while to get really into a new show. Mm-hmm. Um, but this trailer this trailer got me really, really excited. It's looking like it's going to intersect now with the force awakens which yeah. is surprising since it's always the show descriptions always been described as a as prior to right what's going on in the force awakens and even in the description of the season two they still kind of describe it as prior to the force awakens but in this trailer it's clear that we are we're jumping in <laughs> right and this might be something where maybe we get three seasons, maybe we get four, maybe we end up with just two. I don't know. I feel like Dave Filoni and the people at Lucasfilm probably have an idea of where they want to end it. And if they're already introducing like that, that scene with Hux, which basically is the speech that he gives to the First Order on Starkiller Base before they fire, that's the reason why we know it, it sort of overlaps The Force Awakens. So I think, you know, there's a lot that the Resistance is doing. Like, while we see Finn and we see Rey, what is Kazuda Ziono doing? You know, so I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot that they could do with it, and I definitely trust what they're doing. As far as, like, getting into a show, how you said it takes you a little bit longer to get into it, I definitely agree. But I think the biggest thing with that is I hate these holiday gaps that they have. You know, I know, because you get so into it and you have 11 episodes and especially like if you want to binge watch it, you can just knock a bunch out and then there's like a month and a half where there's nothing and it's just you're just like sitting there waiting. I know. Or I almost like forgot about it. Like, you know, I was like, when is a new episode? Oh, it's here. Like, I could have watched this already. But yeah, I just kind of forgot about it. I mean, thankfully, I remembered like the very next day. Yeah. But (laughs) it's like it, it that span of time, especially with a brand new show that may or may not always be on your mind quite yet. Yeah, it's a bummer to have a to have such a big gap. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that you were right with the uh, the hype factor of the mid-season trailer. I think the music especially did a fantastic job of, of oh, setting the mood. Yeah, the music really was amazing. I, I, It just looks more intense. Like, it looks like we're in for a more intense and more um, episode-to-episode story connection-driven second half of the season, which I'm really excited for. Yeah. And I had a couple people that I, you know, talked to and they said their biggest takeaway from the trailer is that it looks like Kazuto is going to mature a little bit more. And I think a mm-hmm. lot of people were, you know, excited about that because while it is for kids, a lot of adults watch it. And sometimes I feel like they could, they think it's a little too kitty or a little too silly or things like that. But if, you know, if Kaz can mature a little bit, which, you know, he's going to, you know, mm-hmm. his character development and everything. I think that's going to bring a lot more people to the show as well. I think so too. And also seeing exactly where it lies within all the other movies and storylines that we know so well, um, Mm -hmm. that I feel like is what really gets me into a story is seeing, you know, how it supports and adds to the original story. So 
I think now that we're getting closer to little tidbits that are going to be like that, I think yeah. it's going to get more people into it. Hearing Hux give that speech, it like gave me the chills. So yeah. I feel like if anybody who's not watching Resistance yet sees this trailer, is going to be like, oh, I should check this show out. Yeah. And I definitely feel like the more you bring characters in from the movies to interact with new characters, I think that's a good hook. When mm -hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, Vader's going to be in Rebels. People are like, holy crap, I got to watch it. You know, <laughs> right. now we have Phasma, we've got Poe, we've got Hux, we've got Leia. Um, I think it's I think they're doing a great job of, you know, sprinkling in some well-known popular characters that people can connect with and enjoy. All right. That'll bring us to our discussion on the newest episode of Star Wars Resistance. And just like every other time, we don't want to be the one to spoil it for you. So here's your spoiler warning. But Jesse, this episode was called Bebo. And first and foremost, what do you think of this episode as a whole? Um, I, I liked it, but I feel like I caught on very early and I was like, oh, this is going to be this thing's baby. Yeah. And then I just was kind of waiting for them to figure it out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So if I'm being totally honest, that kind of just being able to recognize that so early, I was I was a little bit bored with it, but it was still kind of interesting to see Kaz interact with that pirate girl. I can't think of her name right now. Sonara? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. or something similar? Sonara. Sonara, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting to see him get closer with her and try to figure out how she's, she's, she still is trying to help the Colossus, and I don't know if it's like she's just doing it to save her own skin because she did kind of like try to help Kaz, you know, set the alarm off and everything. And she's probably just trying to save her own skin, but I do think it's a little bit interesting that even though she's a pirate, she's still, I don't know. Do you she think that's all part of around. the fact that she's a spy and she has to make it look like she's legit? like helping right. out and you know if a big beast is going to attack the station and everybody dies she's going to want to survive to relay info to the pirates or whoever right that was my first thought but i i do have some kind of weird underlying feeling that maybe she's going to start to kind of you know like having kaz as a friend and start mm -hmm. to kind of feel guilty um whether or not that's going to turn her into like a good person or not who knows but but i don't know maybe i'm just projecting my own wishes like i want her to to not be a pirate spy and i want her to be mm -hmm. on team fireball or whatever but i don't know i think that would be interesting to see her have like a change of heart I yeah. think it's something that i can see i think if that happens that tam is going to be the key to that because We've seen the two of them have like heart-to-heart -heart conversations and Tam risked her life to save Sonara and I don't think Sonara's had that before. Right. You know, so I think that Tam is going to become that friend of Sonara's and maybe figure out that she's a pirate, but maybe Sonara will end up trying to return the favor and save Tam's life and that will, you know, secure the bond and make it official that that Sonara is out for the best interests of the Colossus maybe and speaking of Tam Tam also surprised me in this episode when they're in the engine room 
and they find those kids that they hid away down there from the first order Mm -hmm. and she like asks what they're doing down there and she's like oh you live here and she's like oh no okay whatever she's like always so skeptical of Kaz Mm -hmm. and she just came across these like kids living by themselves in the engine room with the turtle aliens mm-hmm. and the show folk <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and she, she's just totally down to just accept like oh yeah whatever okay you live here that's fine yeah <laughs> i just thought that was it surprised me i thought she'd be more skeptical yeah. of them being down there well i have a lot to say about those children down there but Ooh, um okay. before we get to that since we were talking about sonara and you know, the pirates and all that. One question I wanted to ask you is if the pirates know that the resistance fighters are on the Colossus, because that was that whole conversation that Sonara had through the hollow, like, oh, hey, look, it's like resistance fighters were the ones that saved you and blah, blah, blah. And then she brings it up to Kaz. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to say thank you to the pilots and all that stuff. Does that mean that the First Order knows? Because we know that the pirates are in league with the first order at least in some respect so do you think that that's information that the pirates will be like hey the resistance has some people here because to me and i could be wrong about this yeah we've seen the first order shoot at kaz and stuff like that but they never really figure out that he's a spy for the resistance people are constantly asking kaz are you a spy but they're never asking (laughs) what he's a spy for you know so do you think that at this point, that's going to be the key for the First Order on finding out that Resistance supporters and sympathizers are going to be on the Colossus. I think so. I think so. I, th- I, th- I would think at this point, everything the pirates know, the First Order knows. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not vice versa. But but yeah, especially things that we've seen in this mid-season trailer with the First Order making a larger presence um, coming up soon. On the Colossus, I, mm-hmm. that could be part of the reason why they are so keen yeah. to make a larger presence is finding out that Kaz is there and potentially Poe has been making appearances and stuff. So, I mean, we st- I, correct me if I'm wrong, we still don't really know their full motives as to why they want the Colossus so much, but I would assume that, that knowing that some kind of a resistance presence is there would make them want it yeah. more. Well, in the mid-season trailer, they say something to the extent of like, oh, the First Order is preparing for war. They need the base or something, or they need the station or whatever. So Yeah. But I don't know if that's for fuel. I don't know if that's for the fact that it's a strategically located planet. I don't know the reasoning, but yeah. Okay, so let's talk about these kids. Because I've been thinking a lot about these kids. And... A lot of times what will happen is, you know, there'll be something that Dave introduces. Like we had that whole episode, The Children of Tehar, and we got bits and pieces about who these kids are in that. And then we see them again. And in this episode, we, we know that their names are Ayla and Kel. And they're, like you said, down with the shell folk. And one thing that was really, that really stood out to me was that they talk about Ayla having these dreams. They say, mm-hmm. you know, Kel is saying, oh yeah, her dreams always come true. She has them, rec- they're recurring, they, and they always come true. And then there's talk of, 
it, you know, this is a, these dreams and, and everything and, and the big beast that's coming. This is a sign of something to come. And then Kel ends up saying, oh, yeah, this is, you know, we felt something in the air. And, and that's why the birds are leaving the station. Like, they're picking up on a lot of very interesting things. And these dreams, I feel like, are there's more to these dreams than we think. So then I was trying to think of, like, well... What are other instances in Star Wars where people have had dreams? Ray and the island, right? And right. Like she sees that island and stuff like that. And even in The Last Jedi, Luke asks her like, if, if you've seen this place or something. And she's like, only in dreams. And you think about Anakin and all his dreams about his mom and about Padme and stuff like that. So I'm wondering, are these kids Force-sensitive? Is, is she able to predict the future? That's a thought like that? that I had, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I was thinking the same thing. And the other thing is, that would make sense, because if Kylo raided their village, maybe he knew they were Force-sensitive, and maybe he was looking for them. Or why else would he want to raid their village? Just because they're the First Order and they can do what they want? I mean, those kids were clearly something that the First Order wanted bad. Yeah. And then the only other, like, dreams that I was thinking of were, like, um, the clones. In the Lost Missions, we hear about Fives, and and when he's going down, and, and Tup, I think, too, I can't remember which clone actually says this, but they're like, oh, you know, I, I see it, and our dreams are finally, like, coming real. It's that... It's the dream that we get, and you know, and this is like Order 66 and stuff like that. So that was the only other thing that came to mind. So a lot of times in Star Wars, when people have dreams, it's it's almost like they're seeing the future. I don't know. I don't know what that means, but... Yeah, it just it made me think of The Last Jedi and that little boy that we see at the end mm-hmm. use the Force to pick up his broom, and I just think that we're going to... These kids keep popping up in all kinds of all all of these stories now. Um, everything current in Star Wars, I feel like, always has some reference to a kid having force sensitive powers. Even in the Ahsoka novel, which came out a while ago, but it's still some of the more recent Star Wars novels that she came across a force sensitive child, and it just keeps popping up. And I just feel like that is like the theme of where the end of this saga is going. So, yeah, sort of like fits. the rebirth of the Jedi Order? Or... Yeah. I Or maybe, I don't think so. I really do think the Jedi Order is done. But the rebirth of some kind of Force-sensitive upbringing again. Some kind of formal, like, hey, we're here. We're not going to hide anymore. We're going to train our kids so that they're not just making it up as they go. Something. And you think Rey will be at the forefront of this? I would, I would hope so. Yeah. It would, that would really give her, I feel like, a purpose that she's always been looking for. I feel like she would be a good person to do that. Yeah. Well, I definitely think you're right with the kids, you know, sort of that theme of preparing us for the resurgence of uh, a Force-sensitive um, group of people that will, be, that will be there to continue on as what we know as you know, force users and stuff like that. I think that that's definitely something. And I think these kids are, are force sensitive. And I think that there's going to be a lot more for them to do 
in the upcoming episodes of Resistance, for sure. Niku, in this episode, and I will say this, I was checking to make sure on my on my DVR that I had the right episode that was going to get recorded because we had this big gap in between the last one and this one. I just wanted to double check that I was going to, you know, get the right show. So I go over and I my little cursor is hovering over Star Wars Resistance and I read the description, like the the first part of the description, it says, Niku adopts a pet. And I was like, oh, this is new. I'm not going to read any more. And then like the rest of that day, I was like, Niku adopts a pet. What the heck? Wasn't there something in one of the other episodes where Niku was talking about owning a pet and then it died and then he ate it? I was like, I don't really know if I feel comfortable about Niku (laughs) adopting a pet. (laughs) <laughs> so that was just my thought process for like a few days, just as I was waiting for the episode to get here. I don't think Niku would have eaten this one. Well, maybe if it died, but yeah. but he really loved him. So maybe it's just like a thing on his planet where it's like, well, once it's gone, you eat it. But you really, really do genuinely love it while it's alive. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was just pretty funny. But... Some things that we found out about Niku is that he, if he's really passionate about something, he will leave Yeager's service. You know, he was like, oh, I'm just going to be done with you then. I'm going to go get my Bebo. Yeah. Um, I mean, it shows a lot in him. I mean, I think it's easy to look at him as a just a blind follower and just a happy-go-lucky, like, oh, I'll do whatever my friends are doing because I like them mm-hmm. kind of guy. So it was kind of, it was a, it was character development. It was cool to see him be like, no, I have my own, my own brain, and if you're not doing something that I don't like, I'm going to leave. Um, so that yeah. was cool for Niku, I think. And Tam was right there with him. I mean, she was standing up to Yeager and say, saying, you know, we defend Kaz all the time for doing stupid crap that he does all the time. This is one thing. Mm-hmm. Let's do this for Niku. And she stood up to Yeager and told him that. And I thought that was pretty cool. I, I'm really starting to like Tam a lot. Um, Me too. It's kind of hard to view her in a positive light when she's constantly giving Kaz a hard time in the early episodes. (laughs) And it's like she's just making fun of him and capitalizing on his mistakes and, you know, complaining to him, to Yeager, um, about him to Yeager and stuff like that. But now with the introduction of Sonara and the relationship that, you know, she seems to be developing with her and her standing up for Niku. I really like Tam a lot lately. Yeah, Tam's a real, she's like a true team player. She's yeah. she's the real role model, I feel like, in this show. Because <laughs> yeah. I know we've talked about whether or not Kaz is a good role model. Um, I feel like Tam, Tam is someone to look up to in this show, for sure. Yeah. I have one other thing to say about this episode, but before I do, do you have anything else that, any final thoughts or anything that you wanted to share about this? No, I don't think so. Not off the top of my head. Okay, here's my thing. How the heck does that thing go from being like the size of a bowling ball (laughs) to the size of a building? I know. (laughs) Bigger than a building. He was like bigger than the whole Colossus. He's bigger than a basically waterborne space station. Like... (laughs) 
<laughs> I don't know. They were calling it his tadpole state um, uh-huh. in like Bucket's yeah. Rewind or whatever it is. Yeah, they're saying that's his tadpole That's just stage. so funny. Because <laughs> it's like this big hulking mass that's coming down on you. And then it's like, oh, get into my, you know, little flipper thing. And like yeah. Nico stands in it and this thing's like, you know, sluggishly working its way toward the edge. And it's like, oh, my gosh, this thing is so tiny. I can't believe that at some point it's going to be as big as this other thing. So I don't know. It was it was pretty cool. But um, I'd be anxious to find out more about those creatures. Yeah, I did really love the animation of those creatures and just the art of them looking at. Mm-hmm. It was very cool because it i mean i know i knocked it for saying i noticed right away and figured that that was its baby but i really thought it was clever how they did that it was just the art and the way their markings and their eyes um and you Mm -hmm. could just see all the teensy little flecks of like different colors in their skin just how they related the two to each other and it was just beautiful art yeah i really loved looking at those creatures yeah, and the whole thing with the eyes, like the eyes being so massive and kind of like looking at, you know, smaller people and things really reminded me of like the Zillow Beast episodes where the Zillow Beast is like looking at people and they sort of have that like fluorescent green shade. It was kind of cool. It definitely reminded me of the Zillow Beast. All right, well, that'll pretty much do it for this episode of Twin Sons Transmission. This is episode 130. And if you guys have anything to add or want, you know, a discussion or have anything that you want to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. And Jesse will tell you where you can interact with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. And if you like our show, you're a consistent listener, or maybe you just found us for the first time and you enjoyed us and you think we're pretty wizard, um, feel free to leave us a review on any of those platforms. We'd really appreciate it. All right. And if you are looking for places to listen to our show, you can listen to us on iTunes. We're also on the um, Star Wars podcast app, which you can download from the Google Play Store. And of course, you can just go on to our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left hand side and you'll find all of our episodes. So for Eric and Jesse, once again, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. May the force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network. May the force be with you, always. Yeah.